On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we preview our Week 10 matchup against the Indianapolis Colts. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod and our website, PackersPodcast.com. Third down and seven. Rodgers backs up. Throws. Adams, touchdown, Green Bay. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined, as always, by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Hey. Yo. What's up, boys? So let's start out with this. When is the last time the Green Bay Packers won a game in Indianapolis? Ooh. Mm. Was it before or after the Badgers' last win in Indianapolis? <laughs> <laughs> the Packers have never beat the Colts in Indianapolis. 0 for 4, which is uh, – they don't play each other that often, but yeah, they kind yeah. of forget – We've we've never really pay, played them in recent memory without a Manning or a Luck at quarterback, but uh, let's jump right into this week. Uh, Indianapolis Colts are a very 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 interesting team. They're a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde from a lot of different aspects. They're six and three. They they put a stinker up against the Jaguars who we just played, uh, but then have big wins against the Titans, uh, Bears, which is now a big win in that, in that case. Uh, but they're solid on defense. They're decent on offense. Uh, but how do we feel about Indianapolis Colts and our ability to stop them? Hmm. To stop them. <laughs> uh, it's let's just I got to always throw it out there when Philip Rivers is involved. You, he's just a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get when Philip Rivers <laughs> is at quarterback. This guy is the most unpredictable sidearm thrower the nfl has ever seen some days supposedly he plays like a hall of famer other days he looks like trash but the offense concerns me because they're built on running the football i think their offense is like tennessee titans light they've got three strong running backs Uh, we can dive into which ones we think are going to be concerning for our defense Uh, but three strong running backs and then just enough of a passing game to build off of that and it we all know our issue with stopping the run. So that on top of, is anyone else excited to see what Quentin Nelson does to our boys? It might be bad. (laughs) It might be bad. Uh, But yeah, you bring up great points. Uh, The running backs. I I think Naheem Hines is Mm -hmm. the guy that is going to be a problem for us. He's very explosive. You could see it last week in the Thursday night game versus Titans. He was, he was so consistent you know, he, he's he's not, you know, the best player out there by any means, but he's consistent and he always gets yards. He's in the right spot for a running back, especially in the passing game. What he can do after catch was pretty impressive. Uh, so good luck, linebackers. Good luck on that one. Yeah, um, I'm on the same page before we get off the running backs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jonathan Taylor came in with all the hype. He was getting 20 carries a game the first three or four weeks. So he's still their leading rusher. But once Hines came back from injury... He looks quicker. He looks faster. They're getting him the ball more than Jonathan Taylor now. He's the guy I'm most concerned about. And the problem with that is they can still put in Jonathan Taylor and he can run over you. 
but he's not he's not seeing Jonathan Taylor is not seeing the holes at the NFL level quite yet. You know, he's running into his offensive lineman's back in some plays. Uh, Hines is this little jitterbug, though, that it, he really concerns me about getting loose. Yeah, yeah and it's want- interesting, too. The, Hines actually leads the team in receptions at 33. And it's even crazier, too, because if you look at what Hines and Taylor are able to do on the receiving end, they have a total of 494 uh, yards receiving, but over 500 yards after catch. So not only are they are they coming out of the backfield, right. but everything that they do is moving forward. That, that's that's uh, the old Philip Rivers, crazy. the old Philip Rivers checkdown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. First first reads not open, sidearm it to the running back. But good thing we got Blake Martinez in the middle, right? Oh gosh. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but I you the other point you brought up with Philip Rivers, man, he is ugly throwing the ball sometimes i don't know how he gets it out with so much power sometimes it looks like he's just flicking it um nobody knows i don't know how he got through high school and a, the coach didn't be like we just have to we need to fix it yeah thing. yeah we need to just start over uh but yeah but philip rivers honestly i i've not really been impressed with his play as of recent years um but he, i think he's probably playing probably at a little bit higher level uh, in his career, I, I'd say above par. Um, with what he's given, Ty's been out. Uh, Michael Pittman's starting to show up, but I mean, there's not a lot of guys to throw to on this team. It's a run-heavy team, play defense team. So I'm I'm pretty impressed with what he's been able to pull off. See, I thought it was interesting because if you, I came into the with the same thought of you as he's been having a decent year. And if you look at the stat line between him and Rodgers, they're almost identical in some respects. Rodgers has 213 completions out of 314 passes, and Rivers is one off that, 215 completions and 313. Their yardage is similar with Rodgers at 2578. Phillips is just about to hit 2400. Here's the difference, though. His productivity outside of yards is next to nothing. He had two big games out of the nine in which he had three touchdowns. If you take away those two games, those remaining uh, seven games he was in, he was averaging 0.7 touchdowns a game. He is lots of goose eggs and ones that are spread across that board. And then you think, well, maybe he's getting too much pressure that he doesn't have the time. He's averaging a one sack against per game. And and you're talking about the injuries and how they haven't necessarily had consistency on the receiving end, which I completely agree it goes back to this running game that they're going to get yards. This is a team that you were okay bending but not breaking because they beat the Minnesota Vikings purely by kicking about 15,000 field goals. And <laughs> that's what you got to take from Phillip Rivers is you need to force him into mistakes, but you have to be okay. Packers Twitter of giving up yards against the Indianapolis Colts and assuming that you can hold strong in the end. That's exactly how we have to play, and we have to be understanding of it. Oh, a- advice to all the listeners. Just turn off Packer Twitter for this game. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, oh boy, when we talk about the other side of the ball, you're not going to be ecstatic with the, with the you know play-by-play of this game. This is a good team. So, you know, I'm surprised, Josh, that you said Rivers doesn't quite have all the weapons around him because – I like his weapons. He he doesn't have a Devontae, but he's got a T.Y. Hilton. 
He's got three good running backs. He's got a couple tight ends. He's he's got Michael Pittman coming up as the second wide receiver. Their other receiver, Zach Pascal, is actually their leading uh, receiver in yards and catches. He he go he goes deep. They don't have A plus players, but he's got a lot of B players in my um, in my opinion. And you know I'm concerned about. Well, let it, let me put it this way. I'm happy we have both cornerbacks back because mm-hmm. I'm I'm concerned what Michael Pittman can do against the Josh Jacksons and the Kadar Holmans. Well, do you know who the Colts' offense is? What? They're the Wisconsin Badgers. <laughs> that they're gonna run. They have a lot of three-star recruits that somehow put it together each week. And well, they all G- run the ball. Their yep. GM their GM was a Badger, so that all lines up pretty well. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm concerned about Michael Pittman, and if you enjoy offensive line play, just watch Quentin Nelson because him against mm. Kiki or Montrevious Adams or Tyler Lancaster is just a mismatch. We really need Kenny Clark to build off that little pet and pep talk that Josh talked about on the last podcast. If he can repeat a performance with five, six tackles and some plays in the backfield or at least some disruptions in the backfield, that's going to go a long way to disrupting the entire Colts offense and giving us a chance. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, I I wanted to bring up Quentin Nelson from Notre Dame, but I wanted to bring up for Ryan – uh, Naheem Hines and Philip Rivers represent NC State for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one, one I'm a fan of, and one needs to retire. So, uh, <laughs> so let's switch gears and talk about our offense. This Indianapolis Colts defense is, in my opinion, underrated because I don't think they're getting talked enough with some of these studs in the league. They're giving up the third least amount of rushing yards per game. Uh, and overall, really, only giving up 800. So they're they're just short of about 100 per game. Uh, passing is definitely a little bit of a different story, but they're still active in the backfield with 11 interceptions. So how do we feel about this offense that hopefully, knock on wood, is starting to get into that groove coming out of the Jaguars game? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm confused by this defense mainly because of their injuries in the secondary. Um, you know, the defensive line and linebacking crew are solid. Uh, we're going to struggle with them all game. Um, you know, they're going to be a headache, obviously, up front. Um, but the secondary is a little weak. And uh, with Devontae Adams playing the way he is, um, Robert Tanyan honestly has been playing great. Rodgers hasn't been getting him the ball, but he's been playing great and getting open. Um, and and the running backs out of the passing game, uh, I I I just don't see where the defense is threatening against us for the whole entire game. What? That, what? I, I, did, I, you, I, did you not hear Darius <laughs> Leonard is the best linebacker? Oh, oh boy! Oh god! <laughs> in case you haven't heard, we'll, we'll fill you in on the details here. It sounds like there's a quote that came out from Darius Leonard. ESPN even made sure it was a push notification on the mobile app that when Rodgers called Fred Warner the best linebacker in the game, middle linebacker for the 49ers, Darius Leonard's quote was, I seen it as soon as he said it. I seen it as soon as he said it. Well, so I had to go do a little research, boys. I I fired up the old Madden, and you had to check what they're rated by the experts, right? There's no better source. It's not PFF. It's the boys over at EA Sports. Uh, Fred Warner's a 92, and Darius Leonard's an 87. An 87 is the same as Zadarius. And none of us are calling Zadarius the best linebacker in the game. Uh, so 
I think they got guys, including DeForest Buckner on the D line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not so concerned, obviously, when they line up on the left side of our offensive line. If you pair them up against Jenkins and Bakhtiari, that'll just be a fun match, and I'm not concerned about them taking over the game. But when they get over to Rick Wagner, Billy Turner combo, they could really do some damage on that side. I, I expect Rodgers to get sacked more than once because their coverage has been pretty good too. Um, but I am concerned. I think even with Lazard hopefully coming back, he, he got pulled off the the IR uh, on Wednesday and reactivated. But that doesn't mean he's full go. And it, it doesn't mean against the top defense, in my opinion, uh, yeah, he's magically going to put up 120 yards like he was doing, you know, before he got the the ab injury or midsection injury, whatever it was. So I'm excited to see us at full strength, but I don't expect us to have, you know, a Rodgers has four touchdowns and Aaron Jones goes for 100 yards. I think this is going to be a dogfight. Yeah, I, DeForest Buckner, you're you're 100 percent right. Biggest worry on the defensive side. This guy, every time we have played him, I wish we have had him on our team. Um, he doesn't always show up on the stat sheet as much, um, but when you watch the game, he wrecks havoc everywhere in the middle of the defense. Um, he he gets doubled a lot, um, and he's asked a lot in the middle of that Indianapolis defense. But man, does he disrupt! multiple plays uh you know often in the games yeah it's just his like overall size reminds me of Calais Campbell yeah yeah and, and I don't know if they if they match up exactly but when you just see him on tv you're like that guy is just bigger than everybody else it's not and, fair and they're all NFL players like they're all huge to begin with so just how huge is this guy but, you know, and with all that said, we were talking before we started recording the statistics for the Indianapolis Colts are so confusing because you name these nice players that they have, and then their leading tackler is actually uh, Kari Willis. That, that, <laughs> I don't really know who that guy is. Their leading interception guy is is not the guy you would expect. Uh, Safety. It, Safety Julian Blackman. State. Yeah, a nice a nice little rookie that they like. But their leading sack getter, <laughs> Denico Autry. I'll say it again, Denico Autry. I don't know who that is either. But, you know, guys like Justin Houston, uh, you know, Darius Leonard, you'd expect them to be the stat leaders, and they're not. So it's a really well-rounded defense. We're going to have to, you know, in my expectation, we've got to hit some big plays. I don't think you're going to have, you know, multiple 10, 11, 12-play drives and just find success that way against these guys. I think you you got to, you know, take your shot plays and hit them. And that's that's my call of the week, gentlemen. Call of the week. Rodgers is not in Hail Force winds this week, indoor, Indianapolis. He is going to connect with a tight end on a deep shot. You heard it here first. Oof. Well, I think there is no better time than to have Lazard back, assuming that he's playing, because uh, I would hope if Devontae's healthy and ready to roll, MVS, I don't know if he could have any more confidence than he has right now, to now bring in this tight end crew and to bring in Lazard to hopefully spread it as wide as possible against this defense is going to be key to not only opening up the running game, but be okay with getting six yards and then be very okay with going for that 60 yard shot. Because I think both will be open. Um, Obviously the shorter, the better, but they'll have an opportunity against this secondary. Yep. I 100% agree. Having Lazard back in this game is huge because of what both Ryan and Dan have said you you have to chunk against this defense and then go deep. You know, they're not going to give up a lot, you know, so you have to work for what you get. But the other point I want to point out, who, who's the corner that's probably going to be on Adams probably the whole entire game? 
our old boy Xavier Rhodes from Minnesota. <laughs> and and we know what Adams has done to him in the past, so I'm not too worried. I don't know. Xavier Rhodes is having a better year, but I'm not sure it's going to be all him. He may be giving some tips to the other corner, Rocky Yasin. Rocky! Having a decent year. But I still think Devontae's going to have a good game, but I, I don't just throw the corners under the bus. But pretty good. Yeah, it is crazy. They have three corners that all have two interceptions, which is 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 pretty good when you have three corners with two. You've got uh, Blackman and Willis as safeties that are picking up the slack. The linebackers are doing their thing. Like it's it's one of those defenses again that when you look at them on paper, you're like, hmm, I think they're pretty good. I mean, they're solid. But they spread it around so well in terms of multiple guys with decent sack counts, decent interceptions. Like they're they're doing what they need to do, and there's not necessarily one guy in particular that's carrying them. So it's going to be very, very interesting. It's it it has to do with the pressure that from that mm-hmm. defensive line. What the pressure that they bring on quarterbacks is incredible. I mean, even Baltimore, they held held them to 24 points, which they lost, but they held them to 24 points. I mean. The defensive line is something to be watched in this game. So let's get to some predictions for a uh, Sunday afternoon game in Indy. Ooh, I didn't even realize it was an afternoon game. I may actually get it on local TV here. That'd be exciting. Um, I want to go first because hopefully you guys have a better prediction than me. Um, The Colts are favored by one and a half, and I don't blame Vegas, or at least that's how the line started. I haven't looked today. Um, Devontae is actually – not practicing slash limited at practice. We need you today, obviously, or we need you Sunday, I should say. The guy I really wish we had who's still on the COVID list would be Chris Barnes. And not that I don't like Kirksey and Kamal Martin and what they can bring, and they're going to help on that side-to-side covering the Colts running backs like we talked about, but I feel like that Chris Barnes uh, hit you in the face, you know, go blow up their fullback kind of football is going to be needed on a few of these plays. So, We'll miss him, but hopefully Kamal Martin can play that role. But I still expect that you're going to want to stay off of Packers Twitter. It's going to be a, a grinded out game. I, I don't expect you know pretty beautiful plays from Rodgers. So I've got Colts winning this, unfortunately, by kind of a lower scoring game, 24 to 20. Ooh, actually, that was very similar to my thought process because I – I believe actually the line opened up with Packers favorite and it's now switched over to Colts. So there's definitely people that are riding high on that. I think that this is a game that is going to be low scoring for the most part, and it will be a last possession. Whoever has it last will get the field goal to win it. Like that's truly what I feel. And I hope it's not a goggled guy that goes out there. So I'm going to be playing a little bit of favoritism. I'm going to say the Packers pull it off 27, 24, but I I can see this being one of those where our offense is clicking and we do just enough in the running game, um, and Phillips gives up a nice two interceptions and we we take that and and run with it. But I can also picture this being an ugly game that we just can't stop their run game and our offense just doesn't get going where they need to and, and it's just an ugly ugly game. Which frankly it's going to be like the the Chargers game last year, which Philip Rivers was involved in, but. Yeah. I think the Packers squeak it out on a last-second field goal by Mr. Mason Crosby. Man, I am a lot more confident than you. <laughs> yeah, hold on, hold on. We started with saying this game could go anywhere because Philip Rivers is the quarterback, but 
Brian and I are both of the thought of mind that it's like fighting with idiots. It's like, don't start because they'll drag you down to their level and beat you with expertise. Like Rivers will drag you down into a dirty grind them up, not fun to watch football game and beat you at the last second. Like he's very good at that kind of game. Yeah, he is. But I'm still optimistic. <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, everything you guys said, it, it, it's all great points. Um, but, you know, I, I just see the Packers coming out on top and controlling the game. I think the first half will be ugly, like you guys are saying, and it'll, it'll be a bruiser, um, and hopefully nobody gets hurt. Um, but I think we come on top 30 to 20. And honestly, I think Whoa. this is the game our defense figures it out. Our two corners are coming back off of in, in, injury, and our secondary has been playing decent without them. So add those two back in, plus the added pressure that the Smiths have been bringing – and Kenny Clark, who I'm going to say is my MVP of the game. I just, I really feel that we are going to run away with this one. A 10 point victory. Well, yeah, run away, <laughs> run away in quotations <laughs> against a team. No, a 10 point victory against a team yeah, with a winning record sure. is a runaway victory in my mind on the road. So we didn't call out MVPs. Oh yeah. What are your guys? Man, that's tough in losing efforts to call out an MVP. It always just makes me think you should go straight to defense because <laughs> the offense obviously didn't put up enough points. <laughs> uh, but, I, you know, I, I guess in my losing effort, I still think Devontae will have a nice day. So my sad MVP would be Devontae. Yeah, I think it's going to be the guy that I talked about before, Lazard. Um, and it might not be a spectacular game where he has 80 yards. but Five at a time. A, yeah, a, a nice chunk of underneath that opens up everything else that would do you think be he'll good play? Do you think he'll play more than 50% of the snaps? No, but, yeah. but I think he's going to be effective when he does play. Yeah, that would be I, nice. I'm just not convinced you're going to see him out there 80% of the snaps. Yeah, I think it ends up being one of those things of it's it's perfect for him. We need a guy that can catch short balls like that's that. I don't need him to do much. And frankly, a lot of these out routes where he catches it and just strolls out of bounds is, is good enough for me that just something to take off pressure from everything else going on in this offense. Right. That physical presence is nice. You got the. The technician in Adams, the speedster in MBS, and then the the physical wide receiver in Lazard. It, it's nice to have that combo back. So that'll do it for this episode. I hope that we have good news. Uh, Big W. I mean, we're on the road, so I hope we bring the, a lively <laughs> game. We'll see. But thanks, everybody. Go back, go. Oh!